podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from Five Year Plan Podcast. I'm Jim Daly and this week we are compiling our International Eleven and to do that I've got two men who I would say are just as international as anyone. First off, I mean, literally, he literally used to travel internationally for work. It's Richard Foster. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm very well. I haven't been doing much travelling recently for nope. fairly obvious reasons, but um, yeah, I'm good. Good. Um, looking forward to, to putting together the International Eleven with you guys. It should be very good. Another man who used to travel internationally for work as well, Jesse Boyce. How are you? Got an Irish passport. That's what you mean, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Have you? I didn't know that. I do. I do. Qualified through my through my dear mum, which is you know never been more pleased to have it. If I'm honest, no. So, you're uh, still part of Europe, then, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just trying to work out if the kids qualify. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> I actually qualify as well through my. Uh, Irish grandma and I've been too lazy to fill out the paperwork but uh, I think now might be a good time yes to do that um, anyway guys look speaking of international football obviously there are two things we love on Pardew's Hot Pants the 90s which we talk about a lot and football kits so I'm delighted to say we're sponsored this week by someone who is an expert in both it's beautiful 90s, a South London-based top seller of replica retro football shirts. Football shirts in the 90s were just amazing, weren't they? And beautiful 90s are committed to making retro football shirts affordable for every fan and retro fashion enthusiast. Through their impeccable attention to detail, the beautiful 90s replicas honour the original shirts as closely as possible without breaking the bank. And here's a secret. It's not just the 90s they do. Beautiful 90s sell a selection of newly produced replica 80s, 90s, 2000s football shirts and t-shirts, including national and club teams from Nigeria's Okocha 1994 away shirt to the Fiorentina 1998 Nintendo kit complete with player or your own custom printing. Beautiful 90s also sell printed t-shirts such as nostalgic 1988 Euros tournament logo tee. Their modern well-made materials meet classical designs. Head on over to beautiful90s.com or visit beautiful.90s on Instagram and if you enter the code HOTPANTS which I think we can agree is the best code ever. Uh, you can get 20% off uh, any order of any size, and that's one per customer only. Beautiful 90s, design classics that don't cost the earth. And I'm delighted to say that Beautiful 90s have sent the three of us one shirt each. Uh, let's talk through them. Uh, Richard, you've got a classic 90s shirt there. Well, I mean, we all remember that little glimpse of sort of exotic football when Channel 4 started covering yeah. Serie A and the marvellous James Richardson sort of drinking coffee and looking very cosmopolitan and reading Corriere della Sera. And, um, Beautifully said there, that was an accent. 
Well, I've got a bit of Italian, actually. I must check my passport. Um, so there are some great kits, but I think possibly this one that I'm wearing proudly at the moment is one of the best. And they were a great team because Palmer, they're not, it's not a big place. It's only known for one thing. And, you know, I know you're a vegan, aren't you, Jim? So you wouldn't <laughs> be eating that. Um <laughs> So, yeah, this is a Palmer shirt, the yellow and blue beauty with uh, Hernan Crespo's name on the back. Now, I liked Hernan Crespo when he played for Palmer. I went off him a bit when he went to Chelsea, slightly besmirched his reputation for me. Um, but he was, yeah, he was a good centre forward, wasn't he? He wasn't the greatest centre forward ever to play in Serie A. We know that's Batistuta. But, yeah, I'm very happy with this. And I actually... I donned this just before I, I started the podcast, went down, see my family in the kitchen, and they said, my, my wife said to me, as soon as this podcast's over, you have to take that off. But, you know, <laughs> she's Scottish. What does she know not about football? Not a fan football? of Hernan Crespo. <laughs> well, no, not particularly, no. <laughs> uh, Jesse, uh, you've got a classic Italy shirt from, I want to say, 94 World Cup, I think. That's correct, Jim. I think it's 93, 94. Um, I don't know if they ever wore it much because they always seem to be in the blue, didn't they? Whenever yeah. they were playing. Um, but I actually really love this shirt. I've always liked it because Italy did a. I'm a bit of a design nerd anyway, so I'm going to sort of freak out about this stuff. I always love this logo they did, the Italian badge. It's just like the Italian uh, FA, or whatever their real name is, seems to change their badge a lot. If you look at their shirts, always slightly different crest. So, uh, you know, unlike Three Lions, for example, which never seems to change. Yeah. But yeah, classic. Really love this. I think the Italians have done some good shirts over the years, actually. Well, uh, thank you very much to Beautiful Nighters. I should say, I probably should have said to them international kits only because they've sent me the 1991 Arsenal Bruise Banana shirt, which is, a, which is an iconic shirt, but very much not a Crystal Palace uh, shirt. So I probably should have said international kits only. But I have to say, they're excellent quality, great fit, and uh, they've done a really good job with them. So if you head on over to beautiful90s.com and enter the code HOTPANTS, that's all one word, you can get 20% off any order. Uh, of any size um just quickly lads favorite ever international shirt jesse is that the one you're wearing have you got another that you're a fan of i'm a fan of this and the italian shirts as i've said but i I really did love the the dutch kit is it 92 the the orange one with this crazy pattern one of the first of the crazy patterns which was actually not offensive to look at (laughs) Um, there's a famous picture of van basten and put it wearing it um that always just looked amazing i think they, they did sort of Bit of a remix of it recently or something. I'm guessing it's a Hummel shirt. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. was that's never looked awful, although it kind of should. <laughs> uh Richard, favourite ever international shirt? Well, I mean the Italians were pretty good at shirts. I mean that's they're fashionable and they're good at that. But actually I'd go for Argentina. I just love the classic simplicity. The nineteen seventy-eight World Cup. I remember all that ticker tape. Well, you might mm. not remember it, but there's just this ticker tape coming down and the extraordinary nets. But actually that kit, the blue and white with the black shorts, it just worked really well. They looked mean and hard and they had a lot of mean and hard players. So, you know, they've had a tradition of people who could, as they used to say, bite your legs, uh, you know, from that guy, uh, what was his name? The bushy haired guy, Tarantini, was it? Who once he played for Birmingham, he jumped into the crowd when someone had a, a word with him and he literally throttled him. Wow. Um, but Pas, 
Passarello, I think, was the captain. He was pretty hard. So, yeah, that Argentina kit is just it impressed upon me very much that this is a team you don't mess with. And it was mm. it was a thing of beauty as well. So beauty and the beast, we could call it, Jim. Very nice. Yeah, well, they do have that 1978 Argentina kit uh, over at beautiful90s.com. So do um, check it out. Have we done a kits episode? No. no. I feel like we should have. I feel like we have, but we haven't, have we? We should. We definitely should do at some point. We should. No. There's a lot to dive into there. Yeah. I was definitely a bit obsessed with kits when I was a kid, and in my spare time while other kids are out, uh, I don't know, gallivanting around town talking to girls, I was designing football kits at home. So it <laughs> probably explains quite a lot about me. Um, yeah. Before we move on then to picking our international 11, so a team of international players that played for Palace. Uh, Richard, your new website, the Football Mine, is up and running. Would you like to tell us, uh, have you got an a recent article up there. Uh, yeah, actually, it's it's all it's actually sort of relevant because the most recent one I do a, a weekly blog and it goes up on a Friday. So the most recent blog is I heard about this incredible Welsh prison team. So they're the only football team prison in, in Wales. So no one else plays in a league. They actually play in a league, the Gwent Central League, probably one you've not heard of. No, and. In the 18-19 season, they were in a they're in a 12-team division. Their goal difference was plus 247. Wow. So basically, they thump everybody. I think they averaged 13 goals for, and I think they only let in seven goals <laughs> in the whole season. So I, I heard about this through a concert. I thought this is fascinating. And I went and dug a bit more. And so that's what uh, the football mind uh, looks at. Uh, it's up there. I'll tweet it. I've been tweeting it a bit, but I'll tweet it again, and we can tweet it through FYP. It's it's a really interesting tale, and actually, the guy who alerted me to it, uh, what happened basically is they, someone left the prison who was in charge of doing the admin, and they forgot to register for the league, so they they dropped out because the league said, "Well, you haven't put your application in." The following season, they tried to re-enter, and the league just said no. Because your all your games are at home, and we're not having young people coming into the prison, they forgot to mention this team have been going for twenty odd years. And this guy wrote uh, a book about watching this incredible season, and he was in the prison talking to these guys, and he got Neville Southall to write the forward. It, it, it's oh, just wow. a, it's one of those things when you're researching it, you're going, oh my god, this is this is great. And actually, don't tell anyone, but. Um, thinking of making a documentary about it and i've already had a chat with an independent production company uh, and we might actually do a little doc but oh i'd watch hush, that hush. Hush, hush. i should have sort of called themselves celtic celtic oh jim that's what i'm missing yeah i mean i'm normally jesse to do the puns but uh, obviously jim you're taking over now but yeah so go to the footballmind.com and it will be on there, and you'll see a bit of other content. It's still a work in progress, but, yeah, getting a bit of tra- traffic nowadays. So uh, hopefully I'll um, be able to promote things like the Goldfather and other brilliant things involved in football. Yeah, they could also be Bars Salona, Bars, behind, behind oh, Bars Salona, behind Bars Salona. There we go. This is, that, that could be the quiz it. team. That could be the quiz team, couldn't it, when That's they the, join yeah. our quiz? Yeah, behind, behind the line. Oh, yes, the quiz, the quiz, Christmas quiz, uh, 6th of December, Sunday, 6th of December. DM us on in, on Twitter or Instagram your email address and we'll add you to the list of people 
uh, and send you the Zoom link for the Christmas quiz. Someone said that the West Brom game might be moved to that night. If it is, we'll move the quiz, but I haven't seen that yeah. officially. So uh, we'll let you know. That'd be typical Palace, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> speaking of typical Palace, let's take a break. And afterwards, we're going to compile our international 11. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see how you Good God! My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Podge's Hot Pants. This episode is sponsored by Beautiful 90s Retro Football Shirts. Head on over to Beautiful90s.com and enter the code HOTPANTS, all one word, uh, at the checkout for 20% off any order of any size. That's one per customer only. Beautiful 90s design classics that don't cost the earth. Uh, Right, lads, because it's the international break, and I think we can all agree the international break is very boring indeed. I'm certainly not a fan. We thought we would use that as our theme for this week to compile our international 11. So 11 players who have played international football while playing for Palace. And Richard, to make it even more interesting, uh, our caveat is we can only pick one player from each nationality. Uh, How have you found compiling this team? It's been fun, Jim. Uh, I've been amazed by looking at some of the people who've got international caps for a start. I mean, the one that stands out for me is Will Donkin, who played a couple of times for Chinese Taipei. Now, I'm still struggling to remember who Will Donkin was and what year he played for us, or did he ever... Was he a substitute who came on one? Have you ever heard of Will Donkin? No. I've never heard of him. I know that Adam Sells will now be shouting at his phone uh oh he's no so i'm I'm googling will donkin is only 19 so he might maybe he's currently a palace and he playing for chinese taipei though no he was at palace from 2017 to 2019 so he was a youth player youth player anyway well done well done on representing chinese taipei that must be quite tricky um but also what struck me a couple of things um how many welsh internationals we got 27 by yeah. far and away that's it's double what we've got in terms of english internationals which seems weird yeah but i suppose we have got a bit of a welsh heritage and and you know i'd have thought we'd have had more scottish internationals we don't have that many so um yeah that i think that was interesting I, the 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 thing that really also struck me is who is our record international appearance maker well it it's someone that plays in the first category, which is in the goalkeeper. Should we leave it there, or is oh, that let's a go bit to Jesse? Let's now. go to Jesse for his for his goalkeepers, or maybe he can at least he can tell us who our international nice link, who our international <laughs> record uh, caps holder is. It's got to be Hennessy, isn't it? 
it is. So now, I mean, this is we're we're already going into the minefield, aren't we? Here. Um, so to Richard's point, twenty-seven Welsh players. We, the Welsh player is a choice in itself. We could even do a Welsh eleven. Do a podcast on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> that occurred to me. Yeah. Um, so any, let, let's be fair to Wayne. He's had his detractors, self included. Um, but he's, he's broken records lately to the point where even Gareth Bale singing songs about him. Um, but part of me just wants to put down his records to Bale keeping the opposition busy at the other end. Yeah. It's for 54 caps. But yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Really? In the oldest football club in the world. And our our best international goalkeeper, Hennessy. I can't I can't vote for that. I'm afraid. I well, I don't think we can vote for someone who's not even in our first team at the moment. <laughs> you know, he, I know he's injured, but he wouldn't be anywhere near being a. For, he's not a first choice. So, I know, as you say, he's got 54 caps for Wales, um, but I'm afraid he's not good enough for the Palace international team. Yeah. The, the thing is, and we'll come to this with defenders as well. There aren't a lot of options for goalkeeper. There's... Oh, Jim, I, I, I would disagree with that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's go through it. There's Alex Kalinko, who played for Latvia. Well, he's, he's, he's still on the stag do, so he can't come. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> we lost him. We lost him, remember? We all met at the airport and he, we, he wasn't there. He was, he was supposed to have the local info of, of Riga. He I know. Let us down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got a complicated court case with Trevor Francis ongoing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's Kalinko, there's Nigel Martin, who made three caps for England while playing for us. I'd imagine he might be up there. There's Steve Mandanda, who made two caps for France while playing two games for us, effectively. wasn't certainly wasn't many. There's Gabor Kirai, who made 22 caps for Hungary are playing for us. And then, Richard, after that, I can't see any other goalkeepers. Well, no, but I'm I'm saying that you've got Nigel Martin, who, for me, is probably still the best goalkeeper I've ever seen in the Palace shirt. I mean, Vicente is getting quite close, but, uh, you know, he's only been with us a couple of seasons. Nigel Martin transformed that team, didn't he? Because he came in after the 9-0 shellacking at Anfield. Yeah. And he was a great keeper. He just had that presence immediately. But I would go for Gabor. Because, you know, he's got the most caps of any, uh, apart from Hennessy, he's got 27 caps for Hungary. And, you know, he he, he just be wearing his jogging bottoms. And, and, you know, I want him in the team. It, you know, it'd be great if this team were in some sort of summer tournament and it was 35 degrees. You know, well, let's, let's imagine Qatar in 2022 and it's 40 degrees. Karai's got his jogging <laughs> bottoms on and he's not taking them off. But he did so that, that's didn't he? Man. Was it was it Euro twenty sixteen when he played yeah, as a forty yeah, yeah. year old? Yeah. I think that was, it was that tournament, and he was playing for Hungary, and he still had his, his tracky bottoms on then. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, no, he, he sells them. I mean, Akos, our um, number one Hungarian fan, will tell us. I think he, I think he sells his tracking bottoms, Kirai branded tracking bottoms in Hungary. I think they are a fashion line. So he's wow. really committed to it. We need to get the beautiful nineties guys to get onto that and you know, start. <laughs> <We do. laughs> Start some merch uh, for jogging bottoms as well as beautiful 90 shirts. <laughs> um, okay, so your vote is for Karai. My vote was also for Karai pretty much for the same reasons. Um, I do think, Jesse, if Julian Speroni had been capped by Argentina, which I think we can all agree he should have done at least once during his time at Palace, he probably would be my number one choice. It's 
when you think about the options they've had as goalkeeper in the last 10 years, how long has Julian been with us? Longer than that, 15, 16 years. Mm. There are absolutely no legends there. So, I mean, Julian then proved himself in the Premier League for a long time. Should have been a shoe in there, really. Um, but with the options it's left us, I mean, my, Martin's a great shout. Nigel Martin was a brilliant goalkeeper. But bear in mind, we can only pick one England player and there might be other England players later on you want to pick. The only other Hungarian player is Shandor Torgeli, who I don't think is getting in. So for me, it's Gabor. But Jesse, who have you gone for? Yeah, I'd love to know how close Sparani got to being called up. I just feel like playing in the Premier League for so long, it just felt like he must have been considered yeah. somewhere or other. That, that sounds like another documentary. He's going to talk to, to some Argentinian FA insiders, which... I'm, I'm, I'm already booking my flights to Buenos Aires as we speak. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, Martin. I once met Nigel Martin in the toilets of a uh, Chinese restaurant in Leeds. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And I have got a picture of me with him. What, in, in the toilets? Yeah. Oh, God. And, uh, you, you need to get that up, Jess. What, we need was that. Your yeah. pit, what was your pitch to him at that point to get the photo? <laughs> well, the funny thing was uh, we shook hands before he had a chance to wash his hands. Oh. After, after going, <laughs> and he thought twice about it. And uh, But I, I was always going to shake Nigel Martin's hand. I washed my hands after <laughs> you shouldn't have washed it. I mean, you did just shake and You should have kept the unwashed hand, surely. Yeah, I know. I know. It's yeah. I'll find the photo. But I've um, recently moved all my box of old printed pictures, so I'll, I'll find it somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the spirit of November, died with his moustache. I thought <laughs> he was he was a good shout. But it, let's face it, he is trumped by Kirai, who, as you say, has a good number of caps. Um, uh, maybe maybe some FYP merch down the line. Some great job jogging bottom shading. Mm. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I know one person who'd buy a pair. Uh, <laughs> he lives in Hungary, uh, so at least we get one sale. Um, all right, let's put Gabor in our international team. Uh, I mean, he, the thing about Kirai, just quickly before we move on, is uh, yes, we remember him for his uh, eccentricities and his uh, his grey jogging bottoms and the and the weird little roles he did as warm-ups almost sort of, sort of like a modern John Burridge with his little weird things he'd do but actually he was also a very very good goalkeeper for us oh, yeah. uh, in the Premier League so I think he deserves his place um, in our international 11 so that's Hungary ticked off our list now so uh, sorry Sandor you're not getting in <laughs> Defence, Richard. Um, it turns out we've not actually had that many defenders play internationally. So no. uh, this the formation will be interesting, but who have you gone for? Well, you see, I know I bang on about this quite a lot on podcasts or anyone who ever listens to me, which isn't that many anymore. But um, Kenny Sanson is still my favourite defender uh, and certainly the best fullback I think we've had. And obviously... Aaron Wan-Bissaka got quite close, but then if you go to Man United that early in your career, you're off my list. Um, and I just, you know, because he was playing when I started, you know, really got into Palace and, you know, team of the 80s, etc. that kit. And he was just exceptional. I know he went to Arsenal and, yeah. But, you know, we've obviously got to be very careful because we've we only allowed one Englishman. Mm. So he would definitely be a candidate. The other one, I would have to have Muscat in there. He would scare the shit out of everybody. (laughs) And you've got to have an Australian. I know we've got some good candidates. We've got Yedinak. Yeah. uh, We've got Popovich. Yeah. 
But I think Muscat, I just li- loved the way he was just really... Do you know where he was born, by the way? I found this out. Obviously, a bit of research. No. Crawley. So he's, he's Palace, really. He is Palace. And that <laughs> is, I think his mum was Maltese. So he was a, he was a mixed-up kid. And that's probably why he was so angry. Oh, if he'd have picked Malta... Then he could def- he'd definitely be in our international eleven. Of course, what a mistake! He should have thought about, he that. Have thought about that. Come on, Kevin, <laughs> concentrate. I wouldn't say that to Kevin directly, obviously. And then my other two, just to throw them in, centre backs. I'd have I'd have Ninja. I'd have Eric Young in there. <gasps> Who? Oh, well, that's another Welsh. I know, but we're not putting. We haven't got Hennessy in, have we? Do you know where Eric Young was born? Singapore. Mm. Yeah. But he chose, um, he chose Wales because people at that Singapore at that time didn't have a football team or something, so you were able to yeah. choose who you wanted to play for. Is that right? Really? Well, you didn't have to have any heritage at all. It's something like that. I'm not sure, but it's, some, it's something like he got to choose to play for Wales right. uh, because something to do... I'm going to look at his Wikipedia now. Because he likes daffodils? I mean, what, on, where on is <laughs> On his uh, Wikipedia page, it says, as a British citizen who was born abroad, FIFA eligibility rules at the time of Young's first international selection entitled him to represent any of the constituent countries of the United Kingdom at international level. He opted for Wales, despite having no specific family connection to that country. Made his debut for Wales aged 30 against Costa Rica in 1990, alongside fellow debutants Paul Bowden and Gary Speed, and went on to play 21 caps for England. So there you go. He, he chose Wales, Richard. That is amazing. He, he made his debut when he was 30. Yeah. I bet there aren't many players who make their international debut when they're 30. No. Um, there, there is for Wales. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> obviously, Wales. Is a, it's a, it's a, no, it was Vinnie Jones must have been in his 30s. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I do have to admit now in front of everybody, I do have some Welsh heritage. Very small amount, but I never really talk about it. <laughs> Um, and then <laughs> the, the the other centre back is uh, Fancy He, mm-hmm. Fancy High. How are we like? I, you got to. I think he was. You know, he was great. He actually scored. I right in thinking he scored about six goals, five goals he scored for China in about twenty odd caps, which is pretty good as a centre back. Mm-hmm. And he did. He did have a penchant for scoring goals, and he used to come up for corners and stuff when we used to score goals from corners. And, um, yeah, I, I think Fanzahe should be in there, or certainly considered for selection. So I'd go Sanson, Muscat, Young, Fanzahe. Uh So, well, I've also got Fan Have in you? my okay. back four. Yeah. Uh, aside from the fact that he's uh, he ticks off a, 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 a non-populated country on this list in China, he's the only Chinese player to have Played internationally for Palace. I thought you were going to say a non-populated country. No, I bet. it's quite a lot of Chinese, Jim. There are, you know, there are a few. I've heard there's a few. Yeah, I've yeah. Heard it's, a bit, it's a bit crowded. Um, <laughs> weirdly, I'd have thought Sun Jihai would have played for China during that time, but he's not yeah, on the list. Yeah, um, so Fan ticks off. A, you know, basically, basically what I'm saying is we're avoiding Wales and England. Um, but also, I absolutely loved Fan at Palace. I just mm. he was such a cult hero. The video that Griot did with him a few years ago is, is brilliant as well. He's um, a real character. He was just like no other player I'd seen at Palace before. I mean, he was just so passionate when he played. He was sent off for pushing the ref over at QPR because mm. uh, he got annoyed. I think we were 6 nil down at the time. Um, he scored some great goals. Uh, he was just, yeah, 
a real cult hero. So for me, Fanny definitely goes in. He had a great chant as well, didn't he? Um, so Fan goes in. The other players that I had uh, uh, on my list were Herman Horidison, mm. who uh, I thought was a good player, but unfortunately does, I think, hold the record of the most Premier League relegations. Five does. or I six. Can confirm or that. Yeah. yeah, oh, there you go. That's, that's a nugget for you. It is a nugget, yeah. Um, PVA from Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think no matter what you think about PVA, he is a he is a very very good defender. I only played four caps for the Netherlands apparently since playing for us. Timothy they're Fossi quite good, Mensa. aren't they? they are yeah, quite but he's, so is PVA. He's a good he's a good defender. Uh, the only left back I can see on our list actually that's played internationally. Um, and then who else? Samson, I... Samson's a left back. Oh, Samson, of course. And the other player I've got at centre back is Damien Delaney. Um, but we do have a lot of. Irish players as well, so that might be taking one out of the list. So let's put Fan in there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesse, do any of those overlap with what you've got? Well, so you've, you've covered it really well there, especially Rich. I think to add to that, I also had Horizon down because he actually played 89 times for Iceland. So he went on to, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. To, I started to 89? Look at it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. No. I am. I'm going to phone them up right now. <laughs> there's another documentary. <laughs> um, and if you, I started to look at the caps of what players went on to do. It feels like the Palace. A lot of international players didn't play a lot with us, but went on to play um, a lot after us. Mm. Um, if you look at the caps that we've got, like Hennessy sticks out as far and beyond what any other player seems to get. They're above fifty. So yeah, Horizon went on to get 89 and captured the side. And I looked at other players like Popovich, only played 58 times for Australia in 11 years. And then Chris Coleman, how many times do you think he played for Wales? Chris Ooh. Coleman, yeah. Chris Coleman, probably quite a lot. Quite a few. Because he was central, um, 30? 32 times for Wales. Okay. But that's in 10 years. Doesn't sound like a lot, does it? No. No. Uh, in the... Granted, Wales well, well, didn't play any tournaments. But, um, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting to look at the sort of caps they went on to get. So, Herodes, Herodes sticks out. He also went on to play quite successfully in the Premier League for a long time, um, albeit with a few relegations. Popovich, as I mentioned, but I think we've got some strong Australian candidates. I don't think he's the one. But, yeah, I thought Coleman maybe was quite interesting just because he was, he was solid for us. I know he's a bit... Colourful um, incidents in his uh, management history, but for us, he was pretty solid, wasn't he? I just don't want him to manage us. <laughs> he did he make our our centenary eleven in two thousand and five? Who? Sorry, Chris Coleman. Right, Chris Coleman. I think he did. He's, I feel like he did. I mean, he was. Yeah, he's a he's a very important uh, person in our history. Do we want to, yeah. Richard? Do we want to give up our Welsh? Spot. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go on about my Welsh heritage. So yeah, I'm, let's give up that. Yeah, I, I think Horizon's actually a great call, and I, yeah. I, I miss the fact that he had so many caps. Yeah, Chris Coleman was in our 17 or 11. By the way, so I think probably I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list of Welsh people, and obviously Wayne, we're not we're not doing the rest of them are people like Danny Gavadon, Carl Fletcher, Jermaine Easter, Andy Dorman, Paul Bowden again crops up, Kit Simons. Uh, who actually I did rate Johnny Williams, James Williams. I don't think any of them, apart from Joe Ledley, 
I don't think any yeah. of them really had the impact that Chris Coleman did. So I think actually out of the list of Welsh players, he probably is the most prominent. I agree. Yeah, tricky one, isn't it, Wales? Yeah, it's a lot of squad, what I'd call squad players. Tony yes. Hillington, Steve Lovell, Lewis <laughs> Price, Tom Jones, apparently. Oh, Tom Jones. Oh, yes, mate. <laughs> he was the multi-talented. That's not unusual. <laughs> uh, David Giles. Uh, Bill Davis. I mean, I mean, these will be people that Selzy will obviously, will obviously remember. But um, I think Coleman out of that. I think it's, it's a fair shout to give it to Coleman from that list of. Well, I did have Ledley on my list of midfielders, but I think I think there are probably bigger names in other countries. So let's put Coleman in there. So so far we've got um, Fan, Horizon, and Coleman. What yep. a back three that is! Do we want to put Samson or PVA in as left back, or do we want to? Keep a three there, Richard. I do like. I, I, I think keeping a three is good, you know, because then we could have attacking. Yeah, like that. Fullbacks. I think. Yeah, let's go. You know, we're modern guys. You know, we can play three at the back. Samson could yeah. still come in as a left wing back, couldn't he? Exactly. Potentially. Exactly. Potentially. All right. In that case, uh, so unfortunately, <laughs> Kevin Muscat misses out. Popovich as oh. well. I, you know, Jesse. I completely forgotten about Popovich, but um, yeah. Great shout. But yeah. again, I feel like Jedinak might possibly be getting our yeah. Australian spot. Maybe. Could um, be. Okay, so our back three is, uh, well, our goalkeeper and back three is Kirai, and then uh, Fanzi He, Horizon, and Coleman. That, for now, is our defence. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! Good God! It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Let's move on to midfield. Uh, Jesse, I'll come to you first. Uh, there are plenty of options in midfield here, aren't there? It's quite frightening. Every, every time I sort of managed to pick like a sort of semblance of four or five midfielders pretty quickly, then started to try and pad out the other areas of the team and just kept discovering more midfielders. <laughs> and uh, it sort of caused me a bit of anxiety. So... Um, Let's 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 start strong. Let's let's go with Jet Mac. Um I think because he's just he actually achieved a lot for Australia. I think he's the Asia Cup, he scored in the final and lifted it. Um I think he might have been with Villa then, I can't quite remember. But um or maybe it was just on his way out of Palace. But he just seems to I think he's he is some kind of hero. He's 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 taken them to World Cups, scored in World Cups. I think he's been a real, I'm sure he's, he's got a great ambassadorial career mm. but, but to the end of his days in Australia. He can do speaking tours as, as long as he likes. I think he's cementing himself in, in a sort of folklore. So it's very hard to beat him as their Australian candidate, I would say. Yeah, he, uh, I believe he was, and Richard might be able to verify this, the first Palace player to score at a World Cup when he, he scored was, in yeah, 2014. Yeah, is that right? It's called a penalty, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, the other—I mean, the other Australian candidates are Nick Cole, Craig Foster. Craig Foster's got a great name, but apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Carl, I always loved Carl Craig Vier. as a name. Yeah, Carl, <laughs> Carl Vert as well. So uh, I think Jednak is a shoe in as our Australian yeah. and in midfield. Uh, Jesse and is Hurst, he our captain got... as well? I think you have to make him captain. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, we, uh, the first name that came to mind for this whole team was Kabai. I just mm. thought, that, I mean, I know we'll probably come on to Lombardo and the class that above that he gave us at a time when we had a few dodgy players and just looked like he was joined the wrong team. But I think with Kabai, I, I really clearly remember when he was first touted that we were looking to buy him. It really did feel like a huge step up for Palace. Yeah. Just the fact that we were rumored to buy him was enough. But to actually see him in the Palace shirts just felt like remarkable. I remember going to Norwich away on the first game of that season. It didn't even feel real then. Then he scored as well. It just felt too good to be true. Um, he's just, I mean, we've missed him ever since he left. You know, he's yeah. so well documented that Lucas seems to have struggled without him. I feel like Kabai is just a real sort of signature signing for Palace that we were had a good chance of sticking around in the Premier League if we can sign players like that. And we have done. Yeah. Um, just a shame we haven't sort of built on that a little more. So Kabai just felt like he, he would go in from, from day dot for me. Yeah, Kabai was one of the first names on my international 11 team sheet as well. You're right, when we signed him that summer of 2015, it it just felt like a new step a new era for palace it was it really felt like something special and it's only mandanda on the list of french players as well we've already chosen our goalkeeper so there is a free slot richard for a frenchman to come in but i think kabai alongside jednak is uh it's going to be a strong midfield isn't it yeah um i've totally endorsed what jess said i think kabai i know he got a bit of flack because he never towards the end he was getting on a bit and he couldn't last more than 60 minutes but those 60 minutes were usually pretty good mm. uh, and he's just an international class player yeah and as just said i remember i was in france actually amazingly at the time and i heard we'd signed for him and i thought i'd had too many bottles of wine or something else <laughs> goodbye and also as you point out with Sanzi, he's got a great song attached to him hasn't he he did have a good song yeah i really like that song that guy I remember watching the video about a hundred times of the bloke on the train yeah. singing it, on yeah. the, possibly on the way back from Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I, I totally get Kabai alongside Jednak. It's just you know silk and steel. It works really well. One's creative, the other's tough. That's what you want from your central midfield. So so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in there. I had a couple of others. I was going to put Aki in there. Ooh. Because actually, he, he he made quite a few appearances for Finland. I think I'm checking my notes here. Yeah. 30 36 caps, caps. And seven goals. I mean, we don't... When you look at our players, you know, there's quite a lot of caps there. aren't so many international goals. I mean, particularly look at our English lot. And there's only one player who's ever scored a goal for England. And that was Peter Taylor who scored a couple. But, um, yeah, so I'd, I, I would like to see Aki, a place for Aki. And then, you know, if we go, we're going to have to have a Scott, aren't we? <laughs> Every time. No, we, we do. We have to have it. We like, you have on a stag do, you have to have a Scott. You also have to have a Scott in your international. Let's face it, they're going to the Euros now, you know, they're, yeah. Yeah. they're in. Well done. And to I'm them. married to one, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in trouble otherwise. I put Jimmy in there. Little Jimmy. Mm. He was on my list as well. Yeah, and he's you know he played quite a few. I think it's a shame he retired in a way, but um, from international football because you know 
just imagine watching him playing for Scotland in the Euros. Mm. But um, yeah, so that that would be my sort of candidates. But I'm absolutely 100% behind Yedinak and Kabai. Um, Aki is an interesting one because he's one. I I never really thought Aki was that good, um, but he did play a lot of that season in the Premier League for us. Mm-hmm. Um, did score a lot of goals for us. Was it, I think people remember him for his character, maybe more than his ability. I think but you're I, right, yeah. I didn't realize how many times he played for Finland actually. So that's that is an interesting one. Certainly wasn't on my list. I think if it was uh, Aki versus Maka. Aki versus Maka. Um, I would go with James MacArthur, I think, on that one. I think mm. he's a much sort of better player. Well, it's hard, isn't it, comparing players from different eras. So Aki was 15 years ago. So um, MacArthur would be there for me. Mm-hmm. Jesse, who else was on your midfield list? It's been a bit bad that Maka's missing out on this little wave of euphoria for Scotland. He deserves it. Yeah. I don't know why. Did he, did he voluntarily retire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got because he got left out of a squad or two and then went in a bit of a huff and said, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Um, yeah, I kind of just, similar candidates to you guys. I'm just going to talk about Kabai a little bit more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm never against Kabai that. Loving. I'm never yeah. against that. Yeah. So, um, just just had a flashback. I actually saw him play for France whilst being a Palace player. Oh, wow. So I went to England in a friendly at Wembley. It was just after the Paris attacks. That's right. Uh, yeah. And it was it was it was quite poignant because all the players stood were mixed up around the centre circle together. Goodbye started the match. Because Deli Ali scored an amazing goal back when Deli Ali could play football. Yeah. He's scored from distance. And it just it just occurred to me at the time that i it was the first time I'd seen a Palace player play for their team. Whilst playing for us at the same time, um, yeah, we miss you, yeah. <laughs> we do, <laughs> yeah. we have done certainly, and yeah, I do, I do miss him as well. Okay, well, look, as, as we're talking now, I was thinking about um, Kenny Sampson actually, because I was looking at the list of England players, and actually, I think Kenny is a really good. Sorry to go back to midfield uh, defense, a good shout for our England player because he's actually made the most appearances tied with Jeff Thomas. For England, of any Palace player, while currently at the club, um, and uh, uh, which is more than PVA has played for Holland, apparently, he's only played four games. Mm. So I think actually that maybe qualifies him essentially our most successful England international. Although Jeff Thomas never lost a game playing for England as well, but uh, never seems to get included in in this sort of thing. In fact, we have well, he's only remembered for one thing. For isn't one he? thing, unfortunately, but he and, and you know that was also against France. He was. I actually think Kenny. I think we chuck in Kenny as our as our. He left could back. be a wing back, couldn't he? Because he was he was great going forward. So I think he, he'd work well as a wing back. I think we chuck him in as left back, and we say to him, "Look, you go. You do what you want. You go forward." It means we've got to put Fan at right back, but I mean, Fan could play anywhere, couldn't he? So yeah. And then our midfield three, unless there's any more candidates, is Jednak by MacArthur, which is a very, very strong midfield. I agree. Like, yeah, that's great. Like, like it. that. I like it. Did they ever all play together? They probably did. Jednak. That's true. Yeah, actually. they would. In the cup final, possibly. Goodbye. Was goodbye. Yeah, 2016. They was would have it? probably all played in that. Anyway, let's not talk about the cup final. That's not a memory. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I was feeling really positive for a this moment. This is supposed there. to be a positive, nostalgic spin-off. Yeah. Um, are there any more candidates then for midfield? I did have 
Well, I've got Lombardo down, but I think maybe we could put Lombardo in our if we are going four three three or three four three. Lombardo in our front in our front three, maybe yeah. candidate for that. I did have Joe Ledley down, but obviously we've used up our Welsh our Welsh uh, quota, although. Joe Ledley, I think, is someone that doesn't really get as much praise as he should do as a Palace player. I thought he was fantastic for us, incredibly reliable. We do uh, we do already have a big beard in midfield as well, so I think that fills yeah. our beard quota as well. I don't think, Jesse, there's any more sort of midfield candidates, are there? I don't know if Zaha's going to come up, but I, I would put him in. I, I technically class him as a midfielder, but happy to include him in the, uh, in the top three if that's where he comes up. But yeah, I think Aki, Aki's a good shout. I think it's... Yeah, but he's not. He's never world class, but he's nevertheless international class. Um, yeah, I think he covered it with me. The only one I'm just seeing now, as I'm scrolling, Richard, is is Luka Milivojevic, 18 caps for Serbia slash Yugoslavia. Do we? Does he get near our team? Well, he's had a bit of disgrace. He's a bit disgraced, isn't he? Internationally, quite fell out with the manager. Oh yeah. yeah, he did. I forgot about um, that. Yeah. He was he, he was back in the squad, but then unfortunately he's got COVID, hasn't he? He's been tested positive, so yeah. that's why he wasn't considered against Scotland for that game. So, and also I think Lucas, he's just waning a bit. It's just a bit frustrating watching him now. I just think I know he's not that old, but he just seems to have lost that zip that he used to have and you know when he first came I thought he was really impressive and made us a much better team but mm. I'd, at the moment I think Riedewald is doing a better job than he could he is I think Mac- he Mac- should be an international well Riedewald hopefully be. will be if we do this pod again you know this episode again in a couple of years I think Gyro might be in there and Macca I would say at the moment I think is is performing better than than Luca anyway yeah. Uh, all right, let, let's wrap up our midfield there. So our midfield three at the moment is Jednak, Kabay and MacArthur, which means our slots for Australia, France and Scotland have been taken. So uh, that's midfield done. Stand up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Stand up, baby! Let me see. Hey! It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And it's time, Richard, to move on to... We've got a front three now, so we can be quite flexible. We can put wingers in here. We can put forwards in here. Uh, We've had a couple of names mentioned already. Wolf has come up. Lombardo has come up. Uh, Who would you put in your front three? Well, I mean, Wolf certainly, I think, has to be in there. You know, and he did have those two caps for England. Famously, he played in that game when... Ibrahimovic scored that ridiculous overhead kick. Yeah. Uh, and it was Roy who was the manager, actually. But then his second cap, which I'd actually forgotten about, and I put it out on Twitter, that was his only cap, and I got hammered because I forgot <laughs> he played against Scotland, apparently. But he was at Man United then, and I blocked that whole period. Of well, this is supposed to be a pod of players that played. Exactly. So, but anyway, pass, uh, so. he's obviously now turning out for Cote d'Ivoire and doing pretty well. He scored quite a few goals. I, I, I think he has to be in there. And, and an honourable mention also for Yannick, 
who oh, yeah. has played quite a lot of times for DLC, actually. And he actually has scored 27 caps, 7 goals. Decent. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's one every four games for someone who's not renowned for their goal scoring. But, yeah, I mean, Attilio, yeah, you've probably got to have him there, haven't you? So it's going to be difficult. And uh, my last choice as a centre forward, we don't seem to have had that many centre forwards. Uh, Honorary mention for Paul Eiffel, who played for Barbados twice. Oh, excellent. That must have been a tough, <laughs> tough gig. Um, but um, Clinton Morrison. Yeah. You know, have we got to have an Irish player in there somewhere? We don't yet. And, and he, you know, Clinton O'Morrison, as we know, is one of the, you know, very best of Irishmen. A bit like Jesse, he's probably got an Irish passport as well. Um, so those those would be my candidate. I'm throwing Clinton in there, but I would definitely put Wilf in. Think about Balassi and Lombardo has got to be considered. So, so you know, as, as you're... three of those. Jesse, as Richard's talking now, I'm just suddenly thinking about what is our stipulation for coming in here because um, we have talked about players that played lots of their country. Just going back to midfield, Jednak, 38 caps while playing for Palace, 10 goals, which is a really decent ratio for midfield, although many of them were were penalties. Lombardo, one cap while playing for Palace. Obviously, he only played for Palace for a year and a bit, didn't he? So He was injured for quite a bit, remember? And was injured. But then, obviously, if we're talking about best-ever Palace players... Lombardo yeah. has to be in there. So I'm not quite sure how we're going to work this. Can I offer you another striker whose goal-to-game ratio while playing internationally for Palace is superb? And that is Christian Benteke for Belgium, who has 11 caps, nine goals. Yeah. Well, we kind of have to pay attention to that. Goals is the name of the game for these guys. I think we are scratching around a little bit. Yeah, it's really hard. So it's, you know, they've got the same problem we had in defence and midfield for sure. Yeah. Um, but even Morrison's just only scored two goals for Ireland's most playing for us. I think one of them was a cracker though, wasn't it? Do you remember? He hit it. He hit it from distance. Yeah, the, his his debut goal was a tap in from a yard out at home to. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember Croatia or something. Um, I should say on Will though. Yeah. yeah go on. On Wilf, the only player in this list. Uh, to play for two different international teams. Yeah. It's crazy, is that? That's, and that's great. Still got more England caps than Lewis Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> so does Wilf, Jesse, does Wilf go in then? I think he probably has to. He's, he's doing well for Ivory Coast now. Um, it was quite remarkable that he played that game in Sweden and Zlatan scored that world league. Yeah, it just seems like two different wheels, doesn't it? It doesn't seem like it's the same person who's been around for so long now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, otherwise I'd love to put people like Ian Wright forward, but clearly he didn't pay for England when he was playing for us. So, uh, he played, think, played four caps. He did four caps. Four caps, yeah. He didn't Sorry. score. Though. Didn't score. Sorry, didn't, didn't quite put that together. I, I, guess, I think it's almost tough its own story. It sort of says that any players that we had that uh, historically were dangerous and capable of uh, playing internationally got plucked and, and uh, mm. sold on from your you know true true uh, selling club which you know there's one day slightly behind us now but yeah it kind of tells their story doesn't it we haven't really got strikers that stayed with us while scoring goals they moved on yeah Benteke Benteke is the only one who did yeah. Did score goals for us in that first season and stayed, but then obviously stopped scoring goals. I mean, there is, there is actually, I've just seen there's an international striker who played for Palace who has a, a 50% one in two ratio. 
Uh, and that's Marouane Shimak for Morocco. Two caps, mm-hmm. one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, interesting. Well, yeah. I like Shimak. He, you know, he's just a bit of a cult hero, isn't he? But I don't think he's... He's never, he's never worried a goalkeeper too much. It's more about his link-up players taking the, taking the heat away from your, your defensive players. He's just getting a great ball carrier. Yeah. But, Did so, he make our hair 11 in the end? I think he might. Might oh yeah, our hair eleven. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's a lot more qualified in the hair eleven to be there than he is in the international. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we've got to nail down these spots. I mean, I also had Yannick on my potential list as well. Twenty-seven caps, seven goals. Yeah, he's doing well there. Uh, that I think that's that, that puts him in the in the in the category. I did have Wright as well, but as you say, for, for, you know, four caps. I had Clinton as well. You know, if we if if we were going for players who we love to bits, maybe I mean that is a potential eleven down the line, sort of most loved Palace players. I think Clinton is an absolute shoe in. Um, I can't look past Benteke for 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 me. It's been Benteke versus Clinton. I, I'd be happy with either. I think um, for our striker, and then probably Balassi versus Lombardo for our yeah. other spot. Richard, I'm not really sure. I'm sort of torn on these. I think you've got to go with Bellassi. As you say, Lombardo only played once for Italy when he was playing for us. So it's not exactly a huge, uh, you know, wealth of experience there. So I, I think I'll go for Yannick, actually, because, you know, 27 caps and seven goals is quite impressive. And I think um, you've, got to, you've got to give it to the guy. Well, and he, you know, he could then link up a game with Wolf, which is one of the, our greatest partnerships ever. I think. Well, which we still of... miss, which which Kevin mm. references on the main pod quite a lot, and I think I think a lot of us are hoping, keeping our fingers crossed, that uh, Eze and Zaha might be the new Balassi and Zaha. It's certainly looking oh, Eze, looking that way. My word, I'm very excited about that boy. Me too. I'm very excited. He's going to be in an international. I hope he stays with us for a long and again, time. Again, if we do this pod episode in a couple of years' time, Eze might be our internet, our England. Uh, pick um, Jesse. I think it's the only podcast ever in any context where someone has just said the sentence. I'd rather Balassi over Lombardo. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that might be the case. How do you feel about that? I think on a technicality, it's uh, it's it's about right, really, isn't it? He's got a great record. Can't believe he scored so many goals. Um, yeah, I, I remember there was one Ivory Coast Ghana game where Wilf and Balassi went up against each other and swapped shirts. I think. Yeah. Ivory so, Coast yeah. versus Congo. DRC. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Palace list of players there. Because you can have IU. IU's played for Ghana, and not he? Um, oh, Schlup. yeah. Schlup yes, as well. Yes. Yeah. And Kwesi yeah. Appiah. Do you remember Kwesi? Yeah. Yes. He's at Blackpool, is he now? Where's he? I don't he's... know. But he scored He scored the winner for Ghana in an AFCON game a couple of years ago. And I want to say it was like the quarters or the semi-final. He's infinitely more successful for his country. Although apparently he couldn't to his list that was his only goal for Ghana while playing for us but being way more successful for them than ever at Palace never made it through at Palace um, but well, it doesn't make on loan didn't he yes he I wanted, he went on loan to like MK Dons and Clinton. all sorts of like, yeah anyway let's talk not talk about Kwesi Appiah. Um okay so Yannick I think then makes it in as our others we've got Yannick and Zaha reunited in our international 11 <laughs> it leaves Jesse our our centre forward uh what are you thinking? Well, I think Benteke has got a great record for Belgium, hasn't he? I think. Amazingly. It's better, better than his record with us a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's hard to look past that. Um, 
It's unreal. I'm saying that. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, this is what this podcast does. Uh, Jesse? Oh, sorry. Uh, Richard? Yeah, no, I, I, yes. Yes, I suppose so. It's a little bit grudging, isn't it? It's just a little bit grudging. And I'd just like to see him scoring another goal for us, just to be nice to remember what it was like. <laughs> just one. Um, and I always remember that. I mean, it's not relevant to this, but, you know, that Bournemouth game when he decided to take the penalty and cocked it up and you just yeah. thought, what are you doing? Yeah. It's not all about you. And I've always had a slight inkling that I'm not I'm not his biggest fan anymore. But um, I, I'll have to bow to superior knowledge and, and allow him in. Well, there you go. Benteke, with a record of nine goals and 11 caps for Belgium, makes our team. And that, lads, completes our Palace International eleven, And it is quite the eclectic mix. Uh, just to confirm, we have got Gabor Kirai in goal, representing Hungary. A back four of Fan, representing China. Horizon, representing Iceland. Coleman, representing Wales. And Kenny Sampson, representing England. A midfield three of Jednak, representing Australia. Kabai, representing France. MacArthur, representing Scotland. And a front three. Who did they play? May have played together. as oh, I think Balassi had just gone. Um, of uh, Zaha, representing the Ivory Coast. Yannick Balassi, representing the Democratic Republic of Congo. And Benteke representing Belgium. And on the bench, nods to Clinton Morrison representing Ireland, Lombardo representing Italy, PVA representing the Netherlands, Aki representing uh, uh, Finland. Finland, and of course, uh, Will Donkin representing Chinese Taipei. Um, so there we go. That's our International 11. Jesse, how do you feel yes. about that? I'm sort of wondering how they'd get on. I think it'd, it'd be pretty effective thing, wouldn't it? It's- Pretty good England again. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd pay to watch it. I'd pay to watch them play. Sure. I, yeah, I would too. I mean, purely, I think, for just seeing Fan back in a, in a Palace shirt. Richard, are you happy with that uh, that mix there? Yeah, and I'm actually looking at and thinking about it now. Then we would have a you know a forward line of BZB. You know, and they always talk about SAS and all that. Sort of. <laughs> We'd have BZB, and that would knock the spots off for any international team. Buzz, 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 buzzing <laughs> around, scoring, yeah. scoring goals for Palace. Well, lads, thank you very much for uh, another great episode. It's always fun chatting to you guys uh, about Palace nostalgia. And I think we've we've cobbled together a really great international eleven there. Um, if you've got an idea for a future episode of Padres Hot Pants, please do get in contact. Our Twitter handle is at FYPFanzine and our email is contact at FYPFanzine.uk. And of course, thank you to our sponsors this week, Beautiful 90s. If you head over to beautiful90s.com and enter the code HOTPANTS, that's all one word, HOTPANTS, you can get 20% off any order of any size. And that's one per customer. Uh, lads, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll be back soon with another episode of Padres Hot Pants. I was thinking, actually, I know we've talked tentatively about a Christmas episode. How about, for a theme, Nativity 11? Um, it's work, right. out the, work out the criteria for that. Yeah. yeah. What, you've got to have some sort of pun on Christmas, have you? Possibly. Or I was thinking, who could be the three wise men? Who could be the ass? You know, who who's could gonna be bring gold, frankincense, and uh... yeah, who's gonna yeah. be the baby Jesus? I don't yeah. know, it was just an idea, but maybe we could talk about that offline. And uh, if anyone's got a better idea for a Christmas episode, <laughs> 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 get in contact. Uh, but hopefully, we'll be back next month with another episode. Uh, so thank you again uh, for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Bye bye. bye. Yeah! Yeah!
When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best, Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. Podcast Network.